Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. It's my pleasure to study Sefer Divrayamim with you, one chapter per podcast. Right now we're going to look at Divrayamim Bet, Perak Zion, at the conclusion of Shlomo's Tefillah and the dedication of the Mikdash. When Shlomo concluded his Tefillah, a fire came down from heaven, or the fire, the divine fire came down from heaven, it ate up the Ola and the Shlamim, and Hashem's glory filled the house. Now this is a description we do not hear in Sefer Malachim. Uh, however, this evokes for us, of course, the image of the Mishkan at the uh, and near the beginning of Sefer Vayikrai in chapter 8 of the uh, successful uh, uh, chapter 9, the successful culmination of the dedication of the Mishkan when the fire came down and devoured the Korban, signifying divine favor. The Kohanim could not come into the house. And again, as we said in the previous parak, Lo Yachlu could mean they were not able to or they were not allowed to because the Kavod filled the house. All of Am Yisrael saw the fire come down and the glory filling the house, they all uh, knelt onto their knees, but onto their face, and prostrated themselves on the floor of the of the, uh, the Azarane, and then they prostrated themselves, they knelt and prostrated themselves, and again, a very popular phrase in by, early by Chini literature, uh, thanking God for his everlasting kindness. And the king, in the meantime, what they were doing is they were bringing a korbanot before God. And that, that's what was happening as the fire is coming down. 22,000 cattle. And 120,000 from the flock. And they dedicated the house of Hashem, who did the king and all of the people. Now remember, there were no machlakot at this occasion. Every Kohen and Levi who wanted to could come and participate, but they were standing by their mishmeret. And the Levim had the vessels uh the the vessels made for singing to God that David had made, as you read about it in the towards the end of Divramim Aleph, to give thanks to Hashem for his everlasting kindness, using the Hallel of David, which would indicate David's composition of the Hallel or these songs of Hallel, Vakonim Machtsarim Negdam, facing the Levim, we had the Kohanim blasting the trumpets, that is the only instrument that the Kohanim must play and others can't. Vachol Yisrael Omdim, the rest of Am Yisrael is standing. And now the Azara, the courtyard that's in front of the house, Shlomo dedicated and consecrated. That's where he did the Olot and the fats from the Shlamim. In other words, he he offered them up on the floor. The copper mizbeach that Shlomo had made was not big enough to contain all of these korbanot, and therefore he did them on the ground, and the ground then for became sanctified as kudushat mizbeach. 
Then they made the Chag, seven days, and HaChag is Sukkot. A huge congregation. From the northern boundary to the southern boundary. On the eighth day they made a gathering. Now this is the one hint we have here to the notion of there being a 14-day celebration uh, in Malachim, it's described as seven days and seven days, and on the eighth day, Shlomo blesses the people and sends them. And the way, <coughs> the way we understand that is it's seven days before Sukkot, which of course overrides Yom Kippur, the very famous one Yom Kippur that was, uh, as it were, trumped, and then the seven days of Sukkot. Here, it's unclear whether there's 14 days or seven days, which the seven days overlapped of Bachanukat Tabayit and the Chag. So on the 23rd day of the 7th month, which is the day after Shemini Yatzeret, he sent them back to their tents. In Malachim, it sounds as if he sent them out on the 22nd, on Shemini Yatzeret. And they were all happy and rejoicing for the goodness, that uh, the good kindness that God had done for David and Shlomo and for everybody. So Shlomo concluded his building of the his, of his the house of God and of his own house of his own palace and anything that that appeared to him that came to his heart to do in the house of Hashem and and his own house he was successful with. And now Hashem appeared to Shlomo at night. Now, uh, this is the second vision he gets. I've heard your tefillah and I have accepted, I have selected this place as a place of korbanot. This is the one time that we hear mentioned like that because in Shlomo's entire tefillah, it was all about accepting the tefillot of Amisrael, not the korbanot. And uh, here God says, I am accepting it as a base place of korbanot. And now he turns to Shlomo's particular requests. If I stop up the heavens and keep it from raining, or if I command the locusts to devour all of the land, meaning all of the produce, or if I send a plague against my nation, and if the nation that my name is called on subjugate themselves, and they pray, and they seek out my face, and they, and they repent their evil ways, I will hear from the heavens, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal the land. Uh, also a uh, somewhat unique phrase. Now, my eyes will be open and my ears closed. It's theologically a very difficult pasuk, because what does Ata mean? Up until now, God wasn't paying attention, or God wasn't aware. And now the tefillah of this place, focused towards this place, coming from this place, I will attend to. I've selected and sanctified this house, that my name is there forever. And my heart and my and my eyes and my heart will be there for all days. It's important to note uh, that this work of Divir Hamim, which accentuates so strongly God's permanent selection of Yerushalayim, stressed much more here than it is in Malachim, uh, at the end of Parakhet, uh, and, and in Paraktet, when God responds to Shlomo's tefillah, 
um, uh, underscores the permanent uh, connection between this particular house and its location and God, which is so significant at the point of rebuilding the Mikdash in the beginning of Baicheni and the rather negligent and, and degrading attitude that many Jews had towards this new Mikdash, uh, and this is uh, supports and highlights its significance. If you will walk before me as David did, meaning you follow the mitzvot, and you keep everything that I commanded you, and guard my laws and my statutes, then I will support your throne. As I made a breed with David, your father, Moshel be Israel, and there's a play on words here. Kashar Karati, I cut the breit with David, your father, saying that no person will be cut off the same word Yikarait as the leader of Israel. But that's conditional on you and your progeny keeping uh, your loyalty to God and God's mitzvot. Here's the warning. But if you go back, and abandon my mitzvot. And you go and worship foreign gods and bow to them. I will send them away. I will abandon them away from my land that I gave to them. And notice, it's not nitashticha, but nitashtim. The notion being, this will happen maybe in some future generation, but not with you, Shlomo. In this house that I dedicated my name, I will throw away. Uh, I'm not committed to this house come uh, anything, but rather as long as it's maintained and the people who are overseeing it are maintaining their loyalty to the mitzvot. And then I will make it as an example of degradation among all the nations. This house, which is so supernal, so high, to anybody who passes by, it is now going to be desolate. People will pass by and say, why did God do this to this land and to this house? And they're going to have the answer. Because the people abandoned the God of their fathers, the one that took them out of Egypt. They, they attached themselves to foreign gods. And they bound to them and they worshipped them. And that's why he brought all of this evil upon them. That's what people will say. They'll understand that when they see this beautiful house that I have accepted and, um, and put my name on. And, uh, and then they will see that, uh, that I've destroyed it. Uh, this is, uh, approximates the warning that Shlomo is given, uh, after the successful building of the house. It's something that Evidently, from the way that we read Malachim Aleph Parakud Aleph, is already starting to um, to fall uh, already in Shlomo's time, and of course, it is quite a long time until the fulfillment of this prophecy and of this warning is fully realized. Uh, approximately 400 years later, with the destruction of the Mikdash. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up in Perak Chet in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.